Amen. Amen. Well, I've got some advice for you for 2024, and it, and it's uh, it's not going to be long. Uh, I want you to look in Exodus chapter 12, and let's just uh, jump down into the middle of the story. This is the story of the plagues of Egypt, how God is extricating his people out of bondage and bringing them a release from Egyptian control and setting them on course to their destiny. And uh, they've been there 430 years since they first went into Egypt with uh, Jacob and, and, uh, and Joseph in, in that day. And uh, they had spent 430 years. Almost the whole nation had forgotten about God. They were serving Egyptian gods. And even uh, Moses at the burning bush had to ask God, what's your name? So even Moses, whom God was calling to be the deliverer of his people, didn't even know who God was. You remember that story? He said, whom shall I say uh, sent me? And he said, you just tell them that I am that I am sent you. And so God had to reveal himself. He had to reveal his identity to Moses. Well, the rest of the people of Israel were worse than that. Uh, you know, they, they, the whole nation was, God, was go, without God. And yet because of God's promise and his covenant with Abraham, 430 years before, God kept his word to Abraham by getting Abraham's descendants out of Egyptian bondage and uh, into freedom. And so we're jumping into the middle of, of, of this process in verse 29. And if you'll uh, uh, just read along with me, I want you to hear something. And it came to pass that at midnight, the Lord smote all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh that sat on his throne unto the firstborn of the captive that was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of cattle. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where there was not one dead. Now that, that's an amazing event. Throughout the whole land of Egypt, there wasn't a single house where there wasn't someone in it dead. That uh, caused a great cry <laughs> throughout the land. And he called for Moses and Aaron by night and said, Rise up, get you forth from among my people, both you and the children of Israel, and go serve the Lord as you have said. Also take your flocks and your herds as you have said, and be gone and bless me also. Oh, and by the way, as you're leaving, bless me. And the Egyptians were urgent upon the people. Say urgent. urgent. The Egyptians were urgent upon the people that they might send them out of the land in haste. Say in haste. What's haste? Haste is hurry. Hurry up and get you out of here. For they said, we be all dead men. I mean, they were all feared, fearing for their lives. And the people took their dough before it was leavened. 
their kneading troughs being bound up in their clothes upon their shoulders. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they borrowed of the Egyptians jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. I think borrowing is putting it lightly. They had no intention of bringing it back. Amen. Now, John, you sell, you, know, you sell jewelry. What if somebody came in and said, I wanted to borrow some diamonds? <laughs> You'd probably want their ID, right? And uh, when are you going to bring it back? And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they lent unto them such things as they required. And they spoiled the Egyptians. Now, they didn't just spoil a few. They spoiled the nation. In other words, they... They uh, they took with them the wealth of Egypt. And the children of Israel journeyed from Ramesses to Succoth, about 600,000 on foot that were men beside children. And a mixed multitude went up also with them and flocks and herds and uh, even very much cattle. Now, they baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they brought forth out of Egypt, for it was not leavened because they were thrust out of Egypt. Everybody say thrust. You know, it kind of goes along with haste, kind of goes along with hurry, right? Because they were thrust out of Egypt and could not tarry, neither had they prepared for themselves any victual. Now, the sojourning of the children of Israel who dwelt in Egypt was 430 years, and it came to pass at the end of the 430 years, even the selfsame day, it came to pass that all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. And it goes on to say it's a night to be much observed unto the Lord for bringing them out from the land of Egypt. Thus, this is that night of the Lord to be observed of all the children of Israel in their generations. And that night has been observed ever since then, every year, by the Jewish people. The night uh, of, of the uh, Passover and deliverance from, from uh, the land of Egypt. A lot happened in one night. You need to understand, all of this occurred before the sun came up. The people of Egypt were in such a hurry to get rid of the Israelites because they finally connected the dots that all their troubles, all those plagues, and leading up to the death of the firstborn of every household was connected somehow to them holding the Israelites in captivity. And the whole nation, in one instance, had this big awakening that, you know, we need to get rid of these people. And so they, they hurried up. Here, take some money. Here, take, take everything. Take it all. Get out of here. Go. Go now. No, don't bake any bread. Just take your dough and go. I mean, they pushed them out. They hurried them along when it came time for them to go. 430 years, it seemed like nothing Nothing was ever going to change. Every day was the same. Every year was the same. Every, every you know, New Year's Eve, they were in bondage. They were in captivity. They were, they, they were slaves. And they had no hope, no idea, no concept of, any, of life being any different. 
But then along comes God and God's timetable. And God says, uh, now's the time. Come on. And boom, they had to hurry. They had to scurry. They had to run. They had to rush. They had to haste. Amen. And they were out of there that night. Gone. Everything in their world had changed in an instant of time. I believe 2024 is going to be a year of transition, change, and we're going to see we're going to see some uh, night and day changes in our world. It's not all going to be good, but God will be faithful to His people who have made covenant with Him, and it will be good for us. It will be good with us if. We follow the command of the Lord. And if we don't get too attached. A friend of mine. He was a Sunday school teacher of mine. Back in, in the days when I was about this tall. His name was Roy Page. And uh, he came to church one day. And he said he had had a dream the night before. And in that dream the rapture had taken place. And he said. He said. He, he woke up and he's. He's rising up. He's. He's ascending into the heavens he's already in rapture mode and he said all of a sudden here comes a refrigerator Woo! a washing machine Woo! an automobile I mean just and he's he's like ducking all of these objects that are falling from the sky and he said Lord what is this and he said that's all the things that I did not allow them to take with them in the rapture you're going to leave it all behind now we know this is true. You know, I've never seen a U-Haul being pulled behind a hearse. Right? I mean, you don't take anything with you. You're naked, you came into the world, and that's how you're going to leave the world. And, and you don't get to take anything with you. You don't even get to take your body with you. When you leave this world, it's just you and God. Amen? And when the rapture takes place, it's going to be it's going to be as dramatic as all of that. When we when the trumpet sounds, you better be ready to go. You better be ready to answer. You can't. You know Jesus gave us the parable of the the ten virgins, five wise and five foolish. When the word came that the bridegroom cometh, uh, the foolish virgins. Oops, uh, we we ran out of oil for our lamps. Um, uh, can you loan us some oil? And I said, oh, no, no. I just brought enough for myself. And okay, well, uh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, go into town and buy some oil and, uh, and, and, and come on to the wedding. So they did. They went into town. They bought some oil. They came to the wedding. The door was slammed shut and they wouldn't let them in. See, you have to be ready when it's time to be ready. You don't have time. And my advice to you, 2024 is going to be a, a really rip-roaring, rocky, life-altering, changing year for a lot of people, if not all of us. You better be ready going into it. Get ready today. Don't, don't wait. Be ready. Be packed and ready to go, spiritually speaking. Amen? Because we don't know what the future holds. We've been lulled to, to expect certain things that are really not realistic to expect. For example, that tomorrow, you know, 
is going to be like every other New Year's Day. And you'll have your black-eyed peas and your corned beef and cabbage or whatever it is, your traditional meal. And then Monday, uh, and then, then uh, the next day, Tuesday, you go back to work, you go back to school or whatever, and life continues on as it always has before. That's an assumption that we, we can really cannot afford to make. You cannot, you cannot expect, your even though you may have lived life a certain way and got to a certain routine, and for the last 80 some odd years, you've been doing it that way. Tomorrow may be the day the Lord says, it's hurry up time. You understand what I'm saying? So my advice to you is be ready, always be ready for the, the, for the day to come. Bible says Jesus is coming, but we don't know what day our master comes. So be ye also ready. Amen. Always be ready because you can't predict what's going to happen. There are, there are places in this world that people had beautiful cities. They had beautiful commerce. They, they had the hustle bustle of life. Every day was uh, going on like a certain way for uh, in perpetual. And then all of a sudden, war broke out. Their city was destroyed. They were displaced from their homes, their jobs. And they're living as uh, uh, in tent cities somewhere and lost everything, lost huge parts of their families. Life doesn't always just go on like it always has before. Amen? Personally, individually, you know, you something could happen to you and your whole life be altered. One, one, one car wreck, one motorcycle accident or something, and, uh, and you who used to be an athlete are now in a wheelchair. You've got to be prepared, people, for the unexpected of life. That's just the facts of life. But I'm talking about major things that are going to happen in our, in our near future that's going to affect our nation and our world. What if the prophecies... And the predictions. What if some of them came true? What if just one of them came true? How about that prophecy about Florida sinking into the ocean? What if just that one came true? How would that displace us? How would that change us? Now I'm not expecting that to happen. I think the Lord is the one who set the boundary for the sea, and only the Lord can allow the sea to come in and overrun uh, the land. But thank God that the Lord is 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 the one in control. Amen. Amen. But uh, you know, what if you lived in San Francisco and all of a sudden the earth started shaking? And you remember that prophecy about how a whole west coast is going to fall into the ocean? Y'all heard those prophecies? I've heard them all my life. What if just that one happened? What, what about the one about the United States, you know, being cut in half by an earthquake along the Mississippi River and, tell, and, 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 and just split in half to the point that now we have two countries instead of one? Y'all heard that prophecy? Anybody ever heard that prophecy? That, you know, I, I don't expect any of those to happen outside of God's will, but what if all of a sudden God said, that's what I will? Well, if you own property along the Mississippi, you know, it may, it may not be there tomorrow. You, how about a tornado sweeping through town? 
and taking out people's homes, businesses. There's a town out in West Texas that I used to go preach at called Perryton, Texas, a small little town in the northeast, northeast Texas panhandle. And uh, uh, one night a tornado went through there, and that town is no longer there. The church I preached in is not there anymore. Their courthouse is all banged up. Half of it's gone. That town had been there since the 1880s. And those people the night before, they never expected that their whole world was going to change in a moment. So we got to live, folks, for the unexpected. You got to be prepared. You got to always be ready to depart from this life, but you got to be ready to live uh, in a different house. You got to be ready to live differently than you've ever lived. Things happen. Things turn to your neighbor and say, "Things happen." You don't have to cuss. Just say, "Things happen." Okay. Things happen. All right. All right. So be ready to move quickly. Be ready for rapid change. That's my first point. Secondly, let's go to Exodus 14. Just get over to Exodus 14. And uh, uh, my second word of advice to you for 2024 is to be ready to move forward always. Exodus 14, verse 14. They're at the Red Sea. Verse 14 says, The Lord shall fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Why do you cry to me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift up thou thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon all his hosts upon his chariots and upon his horsemen, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I have gotten me honor upon Pharaoh, upon his chariots, and upon his horsemen. Yeah. Now we know this is about when, they, when Israel is trapped at the Red Sea. There are mountains on both sides. Behind them is the Egyptian army rushing at them in their chariots because Pharaoh's had a change of heart. He wants his money back. He wants his slaves back. And he wants vengeance. And uh, he changed his mind. Well, I guess Pharaohs can do that. And so here comes the Egyptian army out to get them. And there are mountains on both sides. And in front of them is the Red Sea. And the Red Sea was deep. The Red Sea was a, a real obstacle. But God had led them to that point. God had led them into a trap. They were the cheese in the trap. To catch the mouse. Pharaoh. God's plan. And sometimes God's going to put us in, in, the, in the position of cheese in a trap. Sometimes I feel like cheese in a mouse trap. But not to fear because God's always got a plan for us to escape. And, uh, and the Bible says God will not allow anything to happen to you that he will not with it also provide a way of escape. And God's way of escape was supernatural that day. Amen. And he told Moses, he said, do tell the people to go forward. Well, forward was into the sea. But Moses had been given the rod of authority and he stretched that rod over the sea. The sea divided. The wind blew all night, dried out the ground, and the people went over on dry ground. The Egyptians 
assumed it was their God that had done that. And so they followed after the, the Israelites, got out into the middle of the Red Sea, and God ripped their hubcaps off and their chariot wheels fell off. God was the first hubcap thief. Bible says he, he, uh, he, he, he messed with their wheels and their chariot wheels fell off and they drove them heavily. In other words, they dragged their chariots without the wheels and trying to get out of there, but the waters came down and drowned the Egyptian army and uh, the, the Israelites never had to deal with that enemy ever again. Complete victory, absolute complete victory but it required that God's people be ready to move. And when it was time to move, they needed to move forward, not backwards, not sideways, not in chaos, but in order, they, in an orderly fashion, they move forward. Faith is a forward motion. Whatever happens, whatever happens in your life, you need to be ready to move forward and move quickly, but move forward. And if you fall down, fall forward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. And get back up and keep moving. Don't stop. Always, always go forward. And in 2024, when when you're 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 faced with what shall we do? What are we going to do? Uh, all, remember this sermon. We we need to move forward quickly. Yeah. Amen. God is saying, if you're going to have faith, if you're going to have faith in me, you're going to you're going to move forward. Everybody say move forward. All right, then turn to John 16. And my third piece of advice to you this morning is in 2024, you need to trust and follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. John 16, verse 12 is good advice. John 16, verse 12. I, I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. How be it? When he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. Jesus is, is teaching us the, the role, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. When the Holy Spirit comes, by the way, He came. He came in Acts chapter 2, verse 4 on the day of Pentecost. He came. There's no record anywhere in the Scripture that He has left. He is still in the church today. He's still in the world today. The Holy Spirit, the person of God, the very the person of God that is present in our lives is present in the form of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. The Father is on the throne in heaven. The Holy Spirit is the, is the God who's in us right now. We're born again by the Spirit. We're drawn by the Spirit. We're born again by the Spirit. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit. We're set apart by the Holy Spirit. And we are gifted and, and by the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit who's directing our lives today and he said he when he comes he will guide you into all truth he never lies 
He'll never lie to us. Whatever the Holy Spirit tells you is, is, is going to be true. Amen? You don't have to doubt Him. He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak of Himself, but whatever He shall hear. He's hearing from the throne. The Holy Spirit knows the heart and mind of God, the Father, and the Lord Jesus. And He hears what they say and reveals it to you. And how many of you know God knows what's going to happen in 2024? God knows what's going to happen in your life. Bible says your life has been, your whole life, all the days of your life have been written in a book that is kept in heaven. God knows every event, every everything, every detail of your whole life. He knows when you're going to when you're going to be born, and he knows when you're going to die, and he knows everything in between. He's the Alpha and the Omega of your life. There's nothing about you God does not know. He, he knows what you're thinking right now. He knows what you're going to think next. The right. Bible says he knows the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Right. You don't even know that. You don't know what your next thought's going to be, but God does. He's got there before you. The Bible says the word of God is quick and, and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, and everything is open and naked before him with whom we have to do. See, the word of God is God, and God's word is a discerner of every thought and intent of your heart. He knows everything about everything about your life. My mother used to say, there's an all-seeing eye watching you. Kind of freaked me out and made me a little paranoid there for a while until I got right with him. You know, when I wasn't right with God, I, that bothered me because God was watching and seeing and hearing everything I was doing. But when I got saved, got born again, and got right with God, then that comforted me because I knew that even though my mother didn't know where I was, my dad didn't know where I was, God knew where I was. And he was watching over me. Hallelujah. That's a wonderful, comforting thought if you're right with God. If you're not, that, that, that bugs you. And it should. People lie to themselves all the time. They think they can, they can commit hidden secret sins. No such thing in the eyes of God. There is no such thing as a hidden secret sin to God. He sees it all. He knows it all. And you're a fool if you think you can hide anything from Him. Amen? Well, this is no time to hide from the Holy Spirit. We need to be honest with Him. He's honest with us. Jesus said He'll always tell you the truth. He'll always lead you into truth. That means the Holy Spirit's going to be honest with you. You might as well be honest back. Be honest with Him and trust Him and follow His leadership. Follow His guidance. The Israelites could have, could have said, no, we're not going down there, Moses. That, that, that's, that's an obvious tactical error because we'll be trapped there. If Pharaoh comes after us and we're camped out there on that, uh, on that little level place next to the, next to the, the, the sea, we'll be trapped. No, and, and we're going to go this other way. Well, if they had disobeyed God and gone another way, they would have not gotten victory over the Egyptians. And they would have had to fight them again and face them later. Amen? But by following God's plan, they, they received a complete and total victory over Egypt. How many of you want complete and total victory in your life? 2024, you may find yourself in a position where you need guidance. You need to start practicing now hearing and following 
the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In little ways. Quit insulting him. I say stupid things like, something told me not to do that. Something told me to do that. Quit calling him something. The Holy Spirit is the one that's in you. He, the Holy Spirit is the voice of God that is on the inside of you. And when he tells you something, just do it and don't call it, don't, don't call it an it. And quit claiming credit for every smart idea you get. Amen. Give God the glory. The Lord told me this. I was driving down the highway one time, 16 years old. I had just gotten my driver's license. I was so excited because I was free, finally free. I didn't have to be driven anywhere. And, and so I was, I was driving to church on Sunday night, going to the youth meeting and uh, driving along the freeway. And uh, I, I'm just praising God. Boy, I'm so happy. Finally, I'm, I'm driving myself to church. Dream come true. And I hear a voice in my spirit. Exit now. And boy, there was an exit, so I, I exited now. And I stopped at a stop sign just as I heard from the freeway. Bang, 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 bang. A 1956 Studebaker, souped-up Studebaker, had come around a bend in the, on the freeway, had a blowout, and it flipped upside down and bounced off of five other vehicles. Killing all the occupants in those five vehicles. And I would have been right there. Well, if a 16-year-old boy can hear the voice of the Spirit and obey, a 73-year-old man ought to be able to do. Right? For some reason, I find it more difficult now than I did when I was 16. But I want to be in that position. I want to be especially when it really, really, really matters. Amen? Amen? I've had the voice of the Spirit tell me not to buy a vehicle, not to not not to uh, 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 purchase an item. He'll lead you, he'll guide you, and he's honest. He'll t always lead you true. So why not develop a sensitivity to his voice? The only reason we wouldn't as Christians is because we don't want to always do the right thing. We want we want to be in charge. We want we want our way. Yeah, you see, there there are a lot of there are a lot of brats in the house of God that just you know they want to do things their way. They want what they want, and they're going to they're going to not stop at anything to get what they want. Well, that's that's not a good Christian. That's a brat. <laughs> Don't be a brat. Now I know some of you. You know you you. You, you know you know how to wrap people around your fingers and you know how to manipulate people and you know how to get exactly what you want. But what if that's not good for you? What if the Holy Spirit knows that that'll do you harm? You need to learn to let go. Because He'll lead you forward and He'll deal with your enemies in the process. Amen? How many of you are ready? You're ready to move quickly? under the leadership of the Holy Spirit and go forward in faith. 2024 is going to be, I think, one of those kinds of years. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be alarming. There are many, many people's hearts are going to fail them for fear of what's coming on the world. The ungodly are going to be in total chaos. 
the powers that be are going to find out they're not so powerful after all. And there's going to be a lot of havoc, economic upheaval. There's going to be jobs lost, houses lost. There's going to be a lot of things swap hands. Amen. I'm believing that the scriptures come in true that the wealth of the ungodly is laid up for the righteous. So I, 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 don't, I don't think I have anything to lose. I have everything to gain. And so I just need to be ready. I need to be poised and ready to move quickly in faith forward under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I advise you to get in that same frame of mind. Your possessions... I'll tell you what, you know, we, we went we went to Tennessee for Christmas and we spent uh, the Christmas week there at Ruth's daughter, Amy's house, Amy and Bobby's house. And they have a guest room and the guest room is set up. I mean, they, they bought a new bed, they bought new mattresses, they bought new pillows. They, they you know, the, they did everything. They, they even bought us a noise machine, which came in real handy, you know, one of those white noise machines. Came in real handy when all the grandkids were in the other room, you know, just, and, uh, but uh, I went to hang my clothes up in the closet, and there was not space for, to hang one shirt in that closet. It was so jam-packed full of Amy's clothes. I took my shoes off, and I was going to put them in the floor in the closet, and I looked in the closet floor, and it was wall-to-wall shoes piled two pairs high, you know. So I had to leave my shoes out. I had to hang my 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 shirts on top of each other on the corner of the of the closet door. And my pants, I just rolled them up, stuck them in a uh, on a shelf. And uh, we made do, but I'm, I told Ruth, I said, "That's the guest room." That's the guest room. Guest room's got to have room for the guest clothes. Come on. You know, my one complaint. And I, I made that complaint to Ruth. I didn't say anything to Amy about it, of course. But uh, now she's going to know. But make room, Amy. Make room in the closet for the guest. This much space. All right. I'll make my request for next Christmas. Okay. But uh, how many of you have closets like that? You know, I, I, we're at a point in our house where if I buy a shirt and bring it home, I have to get rid of a shirt so I'll have a place to park it. I got, some, I got some new underwear for Christmas. And I went to my underwear drawer and I didn't have room for my new underwear in there. So Ruth, very wisely, you know, she suggests, well, get rid of the ones that have holes in them. <laughs> so that's how you make room, right? Anybody, anybody relate to this problem I'm talking about? You've got so much stuff. What if you lost it all? What if a, a, a wind came through and picked it all up and carried it out to sea? Would you, would you be devastated? <laughs> Would you think your world had come to an end? Or would you just move forward? We had a family one time. We were at a, at a church Christmas party. And everybody's celebrating. We had all the trapping ham and all that kind of stuff. 
and we're having this wonderful Christmas party and the phone rang and it was uh, someone calling for this couple in our church. Their house was on fire. And when, uh, when and they said that your house is just totally engulfed in flames. And when this lady heard it, she just melted into the floor and just started wailing. Oh, all my stuff, all my clothes, all, all my family pictures, all this kind of stuff. And I mean, she was just, and she's a rather large lady, so we couldn't get her up off the floor. And she's just just crying and boo-hooing and, and shrieking loudly over the loss of her stuff. Well, when I began to inquire a little bit, the house was a rent house, so it wasn't even their house. The furniture was furniture they'd picked up at Goodwill, Salvation Army, places like that. It's all used furniture. Their clothes were hand-me-downs and, and, and clothes that they bought in thrift stores. And the only thing of value was their, their uh, real value was their Bible. And their Bible was totally untouched and unscathed by the fire. The firemen went in there and the Bible was still just laying there. Not, one, not even the corners of the pages were burned. The Bible was perfectly preserved. And uh, and then, well, what about all the our kids' toys? Well, the kids' toys was junk. And you know, within two weeks of that fire, they had a nicer place to live, a three-bedroom brick house to live in, and they had a, somebody provided them even with a car to drive, and they had brand new furniture that provided by by the people in the community and they had clothes, nice clothes, nice designer type clothes given to them and their kids had more toys than they ever had in their life. And within two weeks of them losing everything, they had more than they had ever dreamed they would ever have. You know, I, I'm telling you, God has a way. <laughs> you remember that song we sing, uh, uh, He giveth and He taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I think sometimes God takes everything away from you just to see what you're going to do next. What if it happened to you? It could. Look around the world and, and, and look at what people are required to endure and go through. Just in, just in normal times. But we're not living in normal times. We're living in times where in one minute... Everything can change. But you may be leaving your prison house for a palace. Like Joseph. One night he went from the dungeons to number two in the nation. Overnight. I believe there's going to be some overnights in 2024. Are you ready? Be ready to move quickly under the leadership of the Holy Spirit and go for always go forward. Amen. Amen. Amen.